0: praise the lord everyone come on let's praise the lord everyone hallelujah jesus we just want to give honor and praise unto the most high he's brought us here today he brought us through the storm right hallelujah so we're just here this morning to lift up and magnify the name of the lord we're asking for those that are online during our prayer time. If you want to do it now, you can put an emoji. You can do something that will assist us in helping to pray for you. Because in this day and this hour, there is prayer that is needed more than ever. And don't forget to pray for the, the people that were um, affected by the storm. Yeah. Because just watching the news, it was just it's crazy. So I just want to give God thanks this morning for everything that he's done. Come on and stand with us. We're getting ready to praise. This. We're getting ready to worship. We're getting ready to lift up the name of the Lord.
1: in all his promises.
2: In him we have a confidence. He will
1: forsake us. So this is what we do say Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. His word can't fail. His word won't fail. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. His word can't fail. His word say, won't fear fail. Fear not, fear not. Neither be dismayed. promises and if we have a confidence, he won't. He, won't he will not forsake us. He will go before. Us. He will be with us. He will be with us. He will not fail us. He will not forsake us. So this is what we Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. His word has. Said. His word won't come. Trust in the Lord. With all thine heart. Amen. Mm-hmm. Promises in Him we have a In He won't. His of us His is
2: Come on, everyone, continue to worship the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my troubles. Come on and shout hallelujah in the house today. Man, I feel like we're experiencing a revival in this place. We're experiencing like a conference. Come on, shout hallelujah. I feel God's presence in here. It's an atmosphere that God is ready to move. And if we are ready, God will pour out His Spirit upon all of us. And that we will prophesy, and we will become visionaries, and we shall see dreams, and we shall see fulfillment of God's Word. Because we're standing on the promises of Christ. They used to sing a song, standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages, let His praises sing Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's an old school song, right? (laughs) Well, God has been faithful, and we're standing on God's word. We have heard testimonies of healing. We are seeing God manifest like never before for our church. God is doing, we have reports, we have uh, praise reports, we have things happening. So we're just not here existing. We are living life, the life of Christ in us, working and flowing and functioning. We're believing God for your healing. We're going to ask those who are here to stand, and we're going to pray our prayer of faith, believing God. Specifically, we're going to reach out and touch, if you can remember this person, her name is Sister Julie Pellington. Please remember her in your prayers. And those who are watching, connect with us, and you've been been fulfilling what you've been required putting your comments of your prayer requests and those who are here we're going to lift our hands and we're going to believe god today that god will touch us in the service in a unique way and continue to anoint our praise team oh god brother minister scarlet as he ministers and and we pray for our pastor to minister the word of god with power father in the name of jesus you have done it before we thank you again for bringing us here this another time this sunday and we believe that God, you're going to continue to fulfill it again. As the prophet asks, Lord God, will you God wet the dew another time? And God, we are going to believe that God, the God that will answer by fire, let him be God. God, we're praying for healing for Sister Pellington. Lord God, wherever she is, Lord God, touch her right now, from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. Oh God, oh God, relieve any such trauma, any such thing that is causing her, Lord God, to lose the God understanding of who she is, but God, you will restore her. You will continue to fulfill her work. God, you love her. God, your hand is upon her. That you know that she is loved by us, loved by your people, and loved by you most importantly. And those who are here, God, I don't know what the situation is, but I pray a special, unique touch today from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. Let us right now believe by faith by putting our hands together. Let's continue to worship the Lord. Let's open our mouth, even though many of you may have a mask. Let it not muzzle your mouth. Let it be uh, an ushering of a worship in Him as we continue to worship God. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Him if you know the Lord loves you, if you know He loves you this morning, hallelujah! Hallelujah,
1: Jesus. We want to feel your presence in this place, Jesus. We want to feel your presence, Lord. Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry. Your presence is heaven to me. If you know the words, help me sing this morning. Your presence is heaven We sing your prayers, your prayers. satisfy
2: Jesus you're the cup that won't run dry
1: nothing in this world can satisfy Jesus you're the cup that won't run dry Go, go.
3: presence is heaven to me hallelujah nothing like your present lord nothing like your present lord hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. oh we bless your name this morning oh god amen 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 come on let's give the lord another round of applause this morning nothing like his present this morning hallelujah hallelujah he's worthy to be praised this morning hallelujah amen 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 praise god the lord bless you amen you may be seated if you can this morning we want to take this time out to greet everyone in the mighty name of jesus we want to welcome everyone that is in the house of god to praise and to magnify the lord with us truly a beautiful day that the lord has made amen and we're rejoicing it because he has made us glad amen our online congregation we welcome you we greet you all this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm so glad to have everyone in the house of God this morning, in spite of uh, our weather condition out there this morning, you sacrifice to be here, amen, and I pray God's blessing upon you for your extra sacrifice that you made to be here, and God will bless you for your sacrifice, because you know the desires of your heart, amen, and God see and know what you're doing, because what you're doing is not to please no one else, but to please God. So we welcome and we thank you for sacrificing yourself to be here. Amen. Another rainy day. Amen. Where we could stay in our know, bed, pull the blanket a little tighter. Amen. Just stay still and don't have to move if we don't have to move. Amen. I remember years ago when we have, when I was in Jamaica, we had rainfall, thunderstorm, a lot of rain. Man, And those days, I, I didn't have the privilege or the luxury, if you please, my, my, my roof. When the rain falls, I have to check to see if water is coming through somewhere in my roof. Amen. And I have to walk and get buckets or containers to catch the water as it falls through whatever roof that I had. I wasn't privileged, amen, to be in and where we are this morning. But God has brought us together for such a, such a time as this. And we're living in a time where sometimes we take things for granted. And don't realize this because of the goodness of the Lord or His blessing for where we are to be in His presence where we can worship Him, where He make all things possible for us, where we don't have to worry about that anymore. Amen. We don't have to worry about Amen. that for some of us, don't have to worry about rain coming through our roof because we don't have the proper covering or the shelter overhead. But God has been so good to us. And I'm so honor to be a part of God's kingdom and for what God is doing for us in such a time as this. So I commend you for sacrificing and for being here to worship God this morning. Amen. Truly a beautiful day. Amen. A couple of things I just want to kind of touch base with. Amen. Before we get ready to transition into our offering this morning. Um, I had sent out the the, the, the um, schedule for most of us that were able that I reach out to to be part of our our spiritual journey, pray that we have five AM and five thirty AM, um, Monday through Friday. Amen. If you did not get a copy of the schedule, please let me know so that we can um keep you up to date with what's going on as far as if you're on the schedule to, to speak to us, you only speak in between two to, to five minutes. So if you didn't get a copy of it, check your, your – your, if you're on the leadership group or on the spiritual journey um, groups, those are the ones. But I think there was a general email sent out possibly to all the leaders. Amen. For, so make sure you check your device to see when you're scheduled to speak amen to be on time for that amen don't forget we're still in our reach drive if there's someone that want to be a part of the miracle part of what god is doing for us in the hour that we're living amen we we just approximately eighty five thousand dollars short of our our settlement in fact you know we're trying to close this month lord's willing amen but we need your help amen so if you have a little extra that you want to be able to bless us with amen we shy of eighty five thousand so if you have a little extra and you want to be a blessing you know with what God is doing God is working miracles and i 'm sure for some of you that are that were in the 9 am service here someone testify about the miracle that God has been doing so God is working miracle in spite of what 's going on in the world today in spite of the weather condition that's happening in, in Florida amen I mean it's so tragedy and these things happen unfortunately not supposed to be but we have to pray for those folks that are in arms way. Amen. I saw on the news early this morning in Indonesia, there was a soccer game and there was over 170 people that was killed in a soccer game. So so many things are happening in our world today and we take things for granted so many times we hear the praise and don't wonder that God is the one that keep us and why we're not serving God the way we need to do. But you know, you, you, you know, we need to look into ourselves. Amen. So as we get ready to, to receive a offering this morning we're going to invite everyone if you can stand with us at this time amen we have our four ways you can give online amen you can uh, feel free we have ushers in the front we have sister patrice by the booth you can feel free if you want to pay electronically so we're going to invite everyone if you can stand with us amen amen as we get ready to receive this morning's offering we're going to pray and ask the lord's blessing as we collect the uh, offering this morning so let's stand with us as we pray father god we love you Nothing like your present, Lord God. In your present, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. We honor you, we glorify and praise your name. As we're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask your blessing upon every giver. Those who have to give, those who have not likewise. Make ways that they too can be a blessing, O God. We look to you from whence cometh our help, O God. As we're about to, oh God, continue to worship you, Lord. Let your will be done. Not our will, but your will. As we say thanks for your many blessings, as we worship you in Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord.
4: to us. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I greet you all in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's good to be inside where it's not raining. Amen. Nice and cozy with all of us here together. It just feels right. Amen. We thank God for it. I want you to join me in prayer this morning before I even go any further in our service. Um I have um, a manager that um is more my friend and brother's Um, than anything else, um, than a manager. I don't even even think I call him my manager any other time, except for when I'm just trying to be correct in addressing him. But I got a call yesterday, and um, he has two children, and um, we have a boy and a girl, and I got a call that um, his son was killed yesterday. And um, it really just... It just was it just ripped your heart out. I mean, you just don't know what to do. You know, I've always said, you know, when we experience these kind of um, tragedies in our life, it's really nothing anyone can do or say to change anything. And all we can do, you know, is pray. And I pray and I just ask God to help them um, because there's nothing, nothing. Much, only God can really do whatever needs to be done in their life to help them this morning. And so I want you to stand with me. I want you to pray for the Shaw family um, that God will just help them this morning in whatever way God can help them. I can't even tell the Lord anything about how to help them because it's just one of those things like how do you even fathom that? Um, You know, we still don't know all the details, but for all we know, great kid raised up in a wonderful house, um, um, God fearing people. And so um, we just heard that he was shot and killed, and we don't know all the details. And so I want you to pray for the Shaw family, that God would really, really help them this morning, because I just don't know how um, a a mother and a father make it through this kind of thing without the Lord. Um, You know, when you have um, tragedy like this, it can send you in the wrong direction. Sometimes you're just going along nicely, and life is fine, and then these things happen, and all of a sudden, life is never the same again, and it's just... You know, some people go all the way to the left, and you don't know. And so we have to ask God to keep his mind, to give him peace, to strengthen him and his wife, um, he, um, you know, their daughter. I mean, it's, it's really, really, really sad. So help me to pray for them. I want you to pray for Sister Julie. She comes um, whenever she's not working on a Sunday. She comes, and she mentioned to us that sometimes, you know, and I, I know many people have had this dream, but um, she's dreaming sometimes that she's being held down. And, um, you know, that's the enemy trying to intimidate and to put fear. And so pray for Julie that she will experience um, deliverance and experience the power of God working in her life. So pray for the Shaw family and pray for Sister Julie. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we've come as the church, the body of Christ, to touch and agree this morning for the Shaw family, Lord God. Father, we cannot fathom what they're going through. Everyone handled these situations differently. But, Lord, all we know is you are the creator of all mankind. And, Lord God, you know just what we need in every situation. You are the good shepherd. And I pray, Lord God, that however you comfort them, that you will comfort them. I pray, Lord, that however you can bring peace into their heart, that you will bring peace to them. I pray, Lord, that they will not stray, Lord God, and that the enemy will not make his way into their life, Lord God, in this time of vulnerability. But I pray, Father, that your peace and that your comfort will come upon them. I pray, Lord God, that you'll keep their mind, Lord God, that they will not lose their mind. But, Lord, let this mind, which be in Christ Jesus, be also in them, Lord God. Reveal yourself to them, if you will, Lord God, that... God, they can look to you, Lord Jesus, and know, Lord God, that you are the one that holds it all together, Father. Hold them together. Hold that family together. Bless that family, Lord God. Encourage that family, Lord God. Bind them in unity of your spirit, Lord God. Let your power move in that household, Lord God, and keep them, Lord. I pray for Julie this morning, Lord, that no weapon formed against her will prosper, and that the power of God will keeper lord i come against every spirit that is not of you that is trying to attack her and i pray that you will uphold her lord god and that you will be her shield and her buckler her defense her defense and exceeding and great reward uphold her lord god and oh lord i pray that she will be victorious in the name of jesus christ bless her lord we thank you this morning in jesus name somebody say amen Amen. Thank you, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for praying with us. Amen. We welcome all of you. It's good to see everyone. Destiny, my goodness, good to see you this morning in the house of the Lord. Destiny, you all grown up. Mm. I don't know what mom had to do to get you here. Mm. Good to see you, Destiny. Amen. And um, Sister Riego, good to see you this morning. Yeah. I don't know if you got extra, um, she got extra inches on the heels this morning. I don't know what's going on. Hallelujah. Oh, don't do that to her, Brother Henry. Don't do that to her, Brother Henry. Brother brother Henry had a guest package. <laughs> not nice, Brother Henry, not nice. Not, tell tell Paul Brantley they're messing with his daughter. Oh, Lord, that was... <laughs> You can't blame me for that one, Sister Riego. You know, she always blamed me for something. You can't blame. That's straight Brother Henry. That don't have anything to do with me. Hallelujah. Amen. Rosalie, good morning. Good to see you this morning. Amen. Always good to see Rosalie. You talk to pretty eyes? Okay. Tell him to come see me. Tell him he don't, he don't have to give no money. Just tell him to come see me. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I got to catch a flight at 345 today, I think, if it's on time and nothing changes, and I'm going to Orlando. I'm going to Orlando for the United Pentecostal Church and the National General Conference. We have our annual general conference um, in different cities um, um, each year um, between the end of September, beginning of October, and um, Orlando is where um, our general conference will be. There are people down there and said, weather's beautiful. It's like Ian didn't pass through. <laughs> they said, weather's beautiful. Everything is good where we're going to be. So look forward to General Conference. I have to be there. First thing tomorrow, out the door. We have meetings going. And so it's um, it's always a good time, but it's a lot that goes on. Um, we just don't go and have church. There's a lot that goes on there. So pray for me. Amen. And. Hopefully we um, won't get any issues. The Eagles have a game today, so I got to deal with that traffic a little bit. So we'll see what happens. Hallelujah. Um, I don't think I missed any. Oh, don't forget to sign up. We said that we are starting our connect groups in spring of 2023. And we're encouraging you if you would like to host a connect group. It doesn't have to be anything, you know, that has to just be you know, churchy, so to speak. Um, but connect groups are groups that are a groups that's that are established um, with things that we are familiar with doing and, and connecting together. That's why we call it connect group. So if you know, for instance, if you like to bake, and someone wants to start a, 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 a baking connect group, then start a baking connect group and people that like to bake and get together and talk about baking and bake. And so you know, just think about that. Um, if you'd like to um uh host a connect group we have a sign up sheet over there please put your name and information down and at some point we will get together with all the um, folks that want to host the connect group and we'll talk about it what it entails of being a host but if you feel strongly within your heart that you want to host the connect group You know, it could be young mothers, it could be newlyweds, I mean, it could be anything. Brother Kellyman has decided he wants to um, host a group uh, um, that's called Healthy Spiritual Lifestyle, you can, whatever it is, you can host whatever group it is, it's not lent to anything in particular, as long as it's going to be something that people want to be a part of, right? So, you have to kind of have a sense of what, you know, people are into these days and what you know um you know like-minded people may think about and obviously these groups will be done in a you know godly righteous way you're not just going to be loose and crazy but the bottom line is it gives you another opportunity to connect with people and and be able to share things that we have in common so we will start our connect groups uh in spring of 2023 but we need to get going by signing up to say um what we will host what kind of group we will host so if you'd like to be a host sign up we would love for you to host one of the correct connect groups amen all right well let's get into the word of god this morning if you have your bibles if you want to look on the screen let's go to genesis 2 and 7 genesis 2 and 7 if you will stand for the reading of the word we'll read the first couple of scriptures today standing and then the remainder of the scriptures that we read, we don't have to stand for those, but as our introduction scriptures, let's stand and read them together. If you can stand, if you cannot stand for a long time, that's okay. Amen. We're cool with that. Sister Sharon, for those of you that don't know, Sister Sharon Monroe, man, she ministered to us at our prayer breakfast yesterday morning. We have prayer breakfast every first Saturday morning of the month. And um, she just, Anytime, you know, Sister Sharon, can I tell you this? Um, What makes us effective is being our best true self. Let's not try to be anything other than who God wants us to be. When you put on and you try to be anything else, you're not authentic and you can't impact people's life. She was so, so transparent and so just herself. Oh, man, you know, that's how God designed us. So don't don't get concerned about, you know, where you feel like, you know, you're not as strong. Don't worry about that. God will use the part of you that he wants to use to bless others. Just be who you are. That's all. Just be who you are. And God will use who you are to be a blessing to others. And she stood here yesterday. Nobody thought Sister Sharon is no minister, and She probably will say to me and pastor, I'm not. And I hear you. But the way she came across yesterday and just articulating just just the, what the scripture says to her. She wasn't even trying to tell you anything like she was a guru or anything. She was just expressing what the scripture said to her, but it ministered to us. And so we just had a wonderful time and we were really blessed by her just sharing and we went into prayer at our prayer breakfast yesterday morning and we just had a great time in prayer. And so Sister Sharon, thank you for just yielding to the spirit of God, because when you were approached to say, will you, you know, share a text of scripture with us, you could have said, well, I can't do that. And, and, you know, it's easy to just say, I can't do something and not realize that God wants to do something in your life because God has blessed all of us with talents and abilities for his glory all we have to do is just be we just need to yield and say god here i am whatever you want to do and don't worry about how you're going to look or not look that's not for you to worry about the bible says jesus made himself of no reputation so let's not worry about our reputation just make sure our reputation is good with him And whatever other way it comes across to everyone else, then so be it. But let's just make sure our reputation is good with the Lord. Genesis chapter 2. Thank you, Sister Sharon, for blessing us yesterday. Genesis chapter 2, verse number 7. The Bible says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostril the breath of life. And man became a living soul. In Job chapter 2, verse number 4, the Bible says, And Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. You may be seated. I want to talk to you on this topic this morning. You only have one life to live. You only have one life to live. I mentioned this morning and I want to mention to you, uh, the greatest thing that you can ever do as a saint of God in a church is, is live out the message that you hear preach every week. The best way you can, uh, make your pastor proud, uh, be a blessing to him, is when every week you hear the word of God, you take that word and you apply it to your life. Not just hear the word and says, okay, that was good today, but take the word and apply it to your life. And if you can do that, I believe you will experience the blessings of the Lord like never before. I'm trying to find something here if I can ever get it. Um I don't understand that. I don't understand that. Let me do it this way. Um Okay. Here is what I want to share with you this morning. What was last Sunday's date? Alright, here we go. Okay. So last Monday I got a text from someone that's a very, very vital part of this church, but you never see her. She is in Port, Port St. Lucie, Florida, and she is faithful. She is on discipleship classes. She is always tuned in on Sundays. Um, she give. I mean, she really give generously, and she is a very vital part of this church. And last Monday, I received a text from her, and this is what the text says. Good day, Pastor. God was right, of course. One more tightly focused message rather than many lessons served up at one time may just be best. I may not know many stories of the Bible, but you can best believe I know about Job and the scriptures pertaining to what love is. And what it is not my takeaways from the message last Sunday one focus on my relationship with God and therefore continue to grow in love and not outcomes and self-interest for love for he loves us first Two, loving someone is doing what is in their best interest for the glorification of God without expecting anything in return with no regard for my own self-interest. Thank you, Jesus. He did an amazing work through you. God bless. She really had a hold of what the word of God said to her last week, and that is understanding that we should live life from a place of love. That when we say we love, We do whatever is necessary to benefit, not to make happy. We do whatever is necessary to benefit the one who we love. Remember, I always tell you the reason how you arrived at that description of love or that definition of love. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And if you dig deep into that, you realize that almighty God became flesh, born through the Virgin Mary, was, you know, walking the earth, live his life, and his life he laid down so we could be saved from sin. If you think about the step-by-step process of what God did to save us because he loved us, then you get to understand that love is to do whatever is necessary to benefit the one that you love. That's what God did. That's exactly what he did. Because we wouldn't be here today uh, saying, you know, God became flesh. God became man. If he didn't need to become man to rescue us, to save us from our sin. He did whatever was necessary because there was not a man or woman that was qualified to die for us because we all were sinners. And the only one that could have died for us was one that was sinless. And the only sinless one was God. But God was invisible and he couldn't be seen. So how was he going to die for us when he didn't have flesh and blood? He did whatever was necessary. So when we say we love, You do whatever is necessary to benefit the one. Barbara got it. And I am just proud of her and thank God for her. Barbara has been around, you know, church and the word of God for a long time. But it wasn't until she became serious with God in being a part of this church that she started understanding things that she normally didn't understand. And I just I'm just so grateful to watch her grow and hear um, how the word of God is impacting her life. And I just want to encourage all of you, just don't be a hearer of the word. Be a doer. Hear this. When you write down what you have heard, chances are it will stick. I learned that a long time ago. Brother Tom, you, you, you teach for many years, so you, you know that how that whole process works. That when you're hearing something and you're writing it down, not even typing it. I don't know if that is translating. It's just something different when you write it as opposed to type it or just try to record it. It's just different when you write it, how you retain it. We need to write it. We need to retain it so we can apply it. Parity or property, I should say, when property is today. The medium for purchase and sale. Before invention of money, trade was used to carry on by barter. That is by exchanging one commodity for another. The men who had been hunting in the woods for wild beasts would carry their skin to the market and exchange them with the armorers for bows and arrows. Translated into our modern language, the proverb would read, things for things, but everything that a man possesses he would give to preserve his life now I want you to answer this question for me in your own thoughts what would you give for your life and most people would say I would give anything for my life I would give anything for my life that's what most people would say we live that way that that When it comes down to it, I don't care. I'll give up everything as long as I can keep my life. And so we live today as a people that has made life our number one focus. Mm -hmm. The ruling factor in most people's life is life itself. (laughs) There is an instinctive love of life in every human being. Life is sweet, even with all its trials and sorrows, and in many cases, its miseries. Life is sweet, and we're clinging to it with all of our heart. But I want to draw to your attention this morning, what life are you clinging to? What life that you're living that you will give up everything for it. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, what we read earlier, I want you to take your time and read this with me. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life. Stop right there. So when God breathed, man received life. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so we know today that God breathed and man received life. But the scripture didn't stop there. The scripture went on and says, and man became a living soul. So what's going on with man? They got life when God breathed and then they became a living soul. Which one is the real life? Which one is the real life? The breath that God breathed? Or the living soul. What's going on with that? Hmm. The breath of life makes us alive. It makes the body to have life and consciousness. But it does not provide identity, it doesn't have a will and purpose. The soul of man is the identity of man, it is personality, it is his will. And it is a, it is eternal. So when you look at the breath that was breathing to man, that breath made man to be alive. That breath made man to have consciousness. But that breath didn't give man an identity. When man became a living soul, That's where they received their identity because the Bible says we were created in the image. So because we were created in the image of God, our identity is in our soul. Because when God breathed into man, we became alive, but then we became a living soul. So the soul of man came from God. So as a soul, you are the identity. You are the image, the offspring of God because you came from God. But as the breath of life, you just exist in consciousness. So which life are you supporting best today? The life of consciousness? The life that just make you alive? Or the soul life? Because if you and me are living the soul life, we don't give it up for nothing. There's no exchanging the soul life for anything. But man is so quick to say, I'm trying to preserve this life that's not the soul, that's meaningless. And we don't realize that we have chose to live that life that's meaningless. That's temporary. Because that breath, that, that God breathed and gave us life, that's a temporary life. How can you say that, preacher? Because the Bible says when man die, the breath go back to God. Why? Because God made him alive. That's a breath from God. God made you alive. So when your corpse is laying in the casket, just dead, it's because the breath that you were breathing every day—that goes back to where it came from. That goes back to God. The corpse goes to the dirt. That's why we bury people or burn them. Some of you burn them, but that goes back to where it came from too. And now the soul is what existing. Breath go back to God, which is the spirit life, not the spirit of God, but your spirit that go back to God. God took his breath back the corpse, because God had formed you from the dust of the ground that go in the hole and that's gone. That's just going to become a part of the dirt again. But your soul, because it came from God, can't die. The dirt didn't come from God and the breath is only what kept you energized. But the soul, your soul is part of God. And so because your soul is a part of God, your soul can't die because God can't die. Because your soul is a part of God, it will exist eternally. The question is, what life are you existing in? Are you living the life that's temporary, that 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 breath that makes you alive, that gives you consciousness? Are you just existing to please your consciousness, or are you living a life that is soul connected with the Almighty God? You only have one life to live. You better choose which one you're living. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Satan believes man will do anything to preserve his life, which is why he said, skin for skin, a man will give all he has for his life. Now, focus on all he has, because that means it's not people. It means it's material things. It means it's things. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. So everything that you live your life for that is not a soul, it's temporary. Everything you live your life for that's not a soul, it won't always exist. Your soul came from God. That will always exist. So when you're talking about exchanging life, For whatever it is, which life are you talking about? Satan from the very beginning deceived us to focus on the wrong way of living. He has duped us into focusing on a temporal lifestyle and we have bought into it hook, line and sinker. And we are doing all sort of things to preserve a life that is temporal, a life that has no value but just existing. Satan has enticed us to focus on our pride, our ego, and our fleshly appetites. But we don't always understand that's what we're doing. Because you feel like, but this is my life. But the question is, what life is that? What life is that that you're catering to? What life is that that you're pushing forward and saying, this is my life and I got to do this and I got to do that? What is it that you got to do that ain't got to do with the soul? What is it that you will do everything you can to preserve it that don't have nothing to do with the soul? What is that life? I can preach to you something like this. Because I lived in the world for many years. And I tell people all the time, I was one of the best Whirlian. You can't be a better Whirlian than me. You might be just as good as me, but you were never a better Whirlian than me. I'm telling you that. You match your worldly living up to mine, you didn't do better than me. You might have did just as good, but you didn't do better. Because I lived that world like nobody else's business. I told you when I came to church, I didn't come to church because I was on drugs. I didn't come to church because life was difficult. I didn't come to church for no other reason other than my soul was hungering for Jesus. When I came to church, I was still driving a nice car. I had money in my pocket and i go, went wherever I wanted to and do what I wanted to do. I didn't come to church because I was going through a rough patch. But my soul was crying out. My soul was hungry. My soul was thirsty. I had plenty of girlfriends, but my soul says I'm lonely. I needed something more than what I was doing. I had the best life, I think. I went to all the, the, the best concerts, and I did all the stuff that everybody in the world was dreaming to do. I remember I still have family member that's still trying to live the life that I was living. That's how bad, I, that's how bad it was. And those things grieved me because I'm like, why are you guys not trying to live for Jesus now that I'm living for Jesus? But the life that I lived, when I used to go back to Jamaica for a month at a time, because that's what happened. I wasn't saved. I would go back home for a month at a time. And you can't live no better life than that. When you leave here after a while, saving up all throughout the year, and you go home with a bag of money to go live up the life, can't live no better than that. You got everything at your fingertips. I lived that life. But my soul was still hungry my soul was thirsty and no matter how much I thought life was great and no matter how much life was good and no matter how much I had, I still knew something is missing. So I'm here to tell you this morning, the life that you are preserving, the life that you are living, the life that you're doing everything to protect, you better ask yourself, what life is that? There are rich people this morning That are miserable. There are rich people that have everything that they need. They can do whatever they want. And they're still wondering why this is why people are so unsatisfied in this life because they are not feeding the soul man and so they're doing everything else and they're totally unsatisfied they keep doing everything and they're wondering why am i not satisfied why am i not pleased why don't i feel like i have what i need no matter what i can buy a new car and in six months i don't like it no more i can get a nice house and before you know it i want to change this and i want to change that i want to go to this place over here to go. And this nice vacation before you know it. No, I want to. We can't be satisfied. You can get your dream job and you're still not satisfied. You can make tons of money and you're still not satisfied because we don't realize we're living the wrong life. And as long as you're living that life that caters to your temporary you know consciousness cuz that's the only way to, we call it the body life if you as long as you're living that life that then you're always going to know something is missing you can have a great relationship with your spouse something is missing because man is never totally fulfilled and satisfied until the soul the inner man <laughs> The soul of man, not until the soul of man begins to be taken care of, not until the soul of man is fed, not until the soul of man is comforted by its creator, not until that happens will you ever be at peace and satisfied. So the question is, what life are you living The devil has got us to, from the very beginning. He tricked Eve. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that Adam and Eve had everything at their fingertips? And they made the, the devil talk them out of that. Can you imagine? They had everything, and they let the devil talk them out of everything. He was the one that introduced this temporary way of living to us. He told Eve, look at the tree. Eve gave up everything just for a moment of pleasure to eat that fruit, because that's all it led to. She gave up all of what she had. Her soul was satisfied. And the devil came and talked her out of it. Devil not powerful, but he's real slick. He's slippery. He's slimy. He's deceptive. He's not powerful. He is just slick. That's it. That's all. That's all he gets credit for. Is 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 that he's slippery and slimy and slick. He knows how to disguise things. But he's not powerful. Don't think he's powerful. And he talked Eve out of everything that she already had. To abandon the real life for the fake life. When scripture says, and God breathed the breath of life, it is referring to the body life, which is akin to the life of creatures and animals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's the life most of us focus on and cater to. How we dress it up, how we please it, how we project it, how we want people to perceive us. That's the life we cater. That's ego. How you want people to perceive you, that's ego. Mm -hmm. It's pride. How you want people to perceive you. I keep telling you, I read the Bible and it says Jesus made himself of no reputation. But we want a reputation in this world. I am content, church, that if I never get any reputation in this world, it's okay. I am content with that because the reputation of man can't get me to heaven. The reputation of man is not going to give me blessings. The reputation of man is only going to be able to produce man stuff. But when I get a reputation with Jesus, that's a whole different ball game. I want a reputation with Almighty God, not with this world. I don't need to impress this world. I told you I live for this world already. So it's not impressive. I'm, I'm going to be 54 years old in a few months, and, the, and this world to me is not impressive, and it doesn't have nothing else to offer. Remember I told you I lived it at its highest height. It's not impressive. Nothing changes. It keeps going around and around the same way, and it doesn't offer you anything different. Nothing different. It, it's not getting you anywhere. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. The world is always going to be the world. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. It's not changing. The devil might spin it a different way and make it come at you a different way, but it's the same thing from the foundation of the world. He might spin it differently, but it's the same thing from the foundation of the world. Uh huh. Lust, greed, pride, deception. Mm-hmm. The Lord didn't give us a life to live like animals. You want me to prove this to you? We're killing one another and doing all sorts of things to one another. And we're still trying to understand how can people do this thing? How can we hurt each other like this? How can we treat each other so bad? How can we just kill people cold-blooded? Because we're living that body life, that less than life, that animalistic life. Go in the jungles and see what animals do to each other. That's the life we're living. We're not living the life of the soul. And because we're not living the life of the soul, we can treat life like it's no big deal. We can take another person's life like it's no big deal because we're not living the life of the soul. We're living that life that is not even real life. It's just breath. It's just making us alive. We need to live the life that's the soul that's within man, your identity, who you are as a person. That's the life that you ought to focus on, not the life that everybody is seeing that you're trying to project to everybody. What are you really living for? What is it that you're living for? What are you trying to accomplish? I heard a conversation yesterday at the barbershop that was pretty interesting, and it's going to probably make me change my preaching, and maybe hopefully it'll come out today in this preaching. This is what I heard them say. Okay, you can tell me all about what you're telling me. Then what? This is, they weren't talking about God. They were just talking about life that they know in this world. Because they know that everything that we talk about it's to lead us to some place. And in their mind, they're saying, okay, what place? And they were so right. Because no matter what you talk about in this life, what are you trying to accomplish? What are you trying to accomplish? Even when we want to accomplish family life, what does the family life do for, for us? If we are not investing in people for their life to be better, what is our life really doing anyway? God invested in us so we have the blueprint for how we need to live our life which is to invest in the things of God and the only thing that's worth investing in is a soul that's the only thing that's worth investing in is a soul I know we have technology and we have all these things that we like but guess what we were existing long before technology came about we were doing just fine long before some of these invention came about. So we can't fool ourselves to think that, oh, you know, we need to invest in science and we need to invest in this. Listen to me. I want us to invest in science. I want us to invest in technology. But what I can tell you is we did fine without some of these investment invest, investing came about. We were fine. So the only thing that's worth investing in is people, the soul of a person. That's the only thing that's worth investing in. We can't be investing our life into things that don't matter. Because at some point in time, we're going to have to pay the piper. We're going to have to come before the Lord to decide for him to judge how did we live the life that he gave us, the soul that he made us into. What did we do with that life? And we have the talents, the story of the talents that show us that. He will come back and say, all right, talk to me now. What did you do with that? And and it's never according to what you think. Remember that an un- unprofitable servant is what he's called. Remember when the Lord asked him, what did you do? He says, well, guess what? I didn't do anything with it. I knew he was kind of like a hard man, and I didn't do anything with it. And so my deal is to us is doing nothing is doing something. Doing nothing is doing something. And if you don't do anything with the life that God has given you, you're doing something by not doing nothing. God is not pleased. God is not pleased. So we have to realize that God is going to ask us, what did we do with the life? What are you trading your life for? What are you doing with your life? Genesis 25, verse 29, I love this story here in this text. It is really eye-opening. It says in verse 29 in chapter 25, And Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage. For I am faint, therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, watch this, sell me this day thy birthright. Let me tell you what was going on. Now, I'm not telling you Jacob was right, but start thinking about this. Jacob looked at Esau's life. And he realized that through Esau's life, we like to get mad when people kind of treat us a certain way. But we tell people how to treat us. All right. Nobody don't want to say amen to that. Sister Jasmine, we tell people how to treat us. So this is what happened in this text. Jacob, who wanted to live for God. Watched this brother live according to his flesh. And in Jacob's mind, he's looking, he's looking. Man, that boy don't want to live for God. All he do is chase girls, show his muscles because he can hunt real good, walk around here like he's something. But he don't care nothing about the blessings of God. He can care less. And so Jacob watched his brother Esau live that way for a while. So the day came where he says, all right, let me test him. Because I care about the birthright and he doesn't. And Esau rolled up on Jacob that day when he was hungry and said, let me get some of that um, pottage, whatever it is. And he says, if you give me the birthright, I'll give you some. And the boy didn't even think twice. He gave up the birthright for some food. But Jacob knew he would do it because Jacob watched him. Jacob watched him the whole time and says, he don't value that birthright. He don't value the things of God. So I'm going to get him to give it up. Now, Jacob was crooked. He shouldn't have done that. The Bible says, you know, supplanter. He shouldn't have done that. But but the way Esau lived his life, it set Jacob up to say, watch me trick him. And Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do for me? And he gave it up. Esau gave up his birthright because he was hungry. If somebody catch you in the right spot, will you give up what you got to give up just for that temporary satisfaction? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Are we just going to keep on going just to enjoy the pleasures of sin? Because it's only for a season. Huh. But the Bible says when when sin is finished, it brings forth death. I hate sin because it gets you, man. We all have sin, right? Uh, who, who didn't sin? <laughs> who didn't sin? Let me say it that way. <laughs> Let me find out who didn't sin because we're going to lay hands on you. The whole church, we're going to lay hands on you pray for you because you're just lying in church. So we've all sinned, and we've all been caught up in that deception of sin. You go ahead and you say, Well, and you negotiate whatever it is, and you go ahead and sin and realize later on that sin didn't treat me good. Sin don't treat you good. But sin be trying to get you to do it. Moses learned, I would rather suffer affliction with the people of god and live for god than to enjoy the pleasures of life being in these fancy mansions and having everything at my fingertip that's what moses chose to do but guess what he was making a soul life decision that's what he made he made a soul life decision as opposed to that body life decision moses showed us something what kind of decision are we making how are we living to please the flesh Or to make sure we take care of the soul. Esau was catering to the body life. He placed a higher priority on the body life than he did the soul life. That's how he was living. Again, I ask us, what are we placing our highest priority on? To please you? Or to take care of your soul that's in you? Hmm. Many of us. Or doing the very same thing like Esau did. We have placed a higher priority on the body life than the soul life. The body life is but a passing, transient thing. It is satisfied by passing, transient things, temporary things. The soul life is divine, immortal. The soul life is akin to Almighty God and can only be satisfied by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. This is why man cannot be saved without the Spirit of God dwelling in you. How can you say that, preacher? That's a big old bold statement. All right, I'll tell you this. Well, the Bible says, if you have not the spirit of Christ, you are none of his. So, that's, But I'm not preaching that. I'm trying to tell you how your soul gets taken care of. And so in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, what does the Bible says? For the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness and peace and joy. And how do you get all that? In the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is what ministers to your soul. The Holy Ghost is what feeds your soul. The Holy Ghost is what takes care of your soul. We need the Holy Ghost moving and working in our life more than we have allowed the Holy Ghost to move and work in our life. The Holy Ghost is what ministers to your soul. The Holy Ghost is what comforts your soul. The Holy Ghost is what blesses your soul. The Holy Ghost is what keeps your soul. But if we continue to focus on the flesh, the outward man, the consciousness of man, we neglect to take care of our soul. And if we neglect to take care of our soul, it will not spend eternity where it should be everything is sustained by what it come out of whatever you come out of that's the source of your sustenance it's how you get sustained i've made the, the 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 example this morning that water is where the fishes come from if you take them out of water They can't live very long. If you take the tree out of the dirt, it can't live very long. If you take man out of God, it don't live at all. It just exists. If we ignore and neglect God, we're just existing. If we don't let God feed our soul, we're just existing. And at some point in time, our soul will not even be able to be saved because all we did was take care of the pleasures, the the, the consciousness, the life that is temporary, that's fleeting. We took care of that life and neglected the soul that is within us. Coming to church. And hearing the words of God minister to your soul, coming to church and worshiping God minister to your soul, coming to church and fellowship with what one another ministers to your soul, coming to church and just allowing God to minister to you. It feeds the soul. That's the life that we should be living, not the life of the flesh. Matthew, Matthew 16 and 26 says, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Philippians 3 and 8, heavy scripture here. Paul says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss. Do we really understand this? I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dumb that I may win Christ. What are we running after? What are we seeking after? What do we think is going to do good for us? Because what we need in life, only God can provide it. Only God can provide it. Only God can minister to our soul. And that's who we need in our life. When we focus on our soul, everything else will be in its right place. But if we don't focus on our soul, then everything is out of order in our life. Can I tell you a secret? This is a heavy secret. But I'm telling you anyhow. I've watched, a lot of times, I've listened to people, that's close to me, I would say, family. That's close to me, that tell me things that they think I should do. And I've found myself, I've drawn the line, now I'm done. I've found myself trying to do things that family members tell me I should do that are not living for God. And every time I do that, it never works. It's almost like God slapped me upside the head and said, you know better. But because I like to get along with people and I try to give everybody an opportunity to, you know, interact. But what I've come to discover, church, this is not I'm not trying to be offensive. But what I've come to discover is you keep doing stuff. If you do stuff of this world you will see that it really doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't profit you anything. And if you are one that does the things of God all the time, and one day you just decide, well, let me try this, you're going to see that it will never work. I've watched people tell me, you should do this and you should do that. And, and, and it might be different for all of us. Why I know it's different for me is when God has you in a path that he's taken you, and you're supposed to be going, Everything is what, everything you need is on that path. You don't have to come off of it. And what happens sometimes is if you talk to other people and they start to tell you this and tell you that, guess what? You try it just to be nice or just out of conversation's sake, but you'll realize it's not going to get me anywhere. As a matter of fact, it just messed up my whole flow. Maybe that's the best word for me to say. When I listen to other people that's not saved, that's trying to give me advice, it messes up my whole flow. I've seen it. And so now I listen to people and they talk to me and I, I'm just polite to say, okay, but I'm not touching it. And some of it that they're telling me, it makes sense. But I just know this mind has been transformed. This mind doesn't work the way an unsaved person mind works. And so I'm flowing this way and I can't go into doing what them what, what and it might make sense. Listen, you ready for this? What they may do that's not living for God, it might work for them. That's why they're telling me. But it don't work for me because I'm not them. I'm living for God. And so what we don't understand is when you commit to living not for God, the devil make it work. The devil make it work. When you are living for God and you go do something that's not good, God steps in and says, what are you doing? That's what happens. And so when I decide, again, it might not be anything bad. I'm listening to somebody. Yeah, 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 let me try that. It just don't work. Because God already gave me my assignment and my direction and where I need to go, what I need to do. And I just need to follow that and don't come off track. All right, let me finish up here. Most of us are focused on the body life that we neglect the soul life. Don't bargain with your soul. Don't bargain with your soul. The body life is akin to temporary things. But the soul life is akin to eternity and the eternal things of God. Prioritize your soul. There is nothing more valuable than your soul. Now, let me finish by telling you this. The devil was the one that said man will do whatever it takes. To preserve his soul. The devil has got us so trapped that we're doing whatever it takes to preserve that life that doesn't even really matter. Because that's really what he's talking about. He's not talking about the soul of man, he's talking about the life that he introduced to man. And so, watch this. Watch this. <laughs> this is interesting. The devil. Is telling us, do what it takes to preserve your soul. But Jesus says in Matthew 20, 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. The devil is telling us, defend your life at all costs. Preserve your life at all costs. Huh. Ooh, ooh. Ooh oof. Oof. So the, le- the devil is telling you to preserve your life at all costs for the life he's trying to get you to live.. Yes. Ooh. So the devil is trying to get you to preserve your life at all costs because he wants to keep on ruining your life. He wants to keep on getting you to be his agent. And so he wants you to defend and protect that life that is worth nothing. He's trying to get you to always protect it and defend it because he wants you to be his agent. And so he tells you, do whatever it takes. The devil would never tell you to take care of your soul life. So, you know, it's the life that is just invaluable and that it's worth nothing. That's the life that he's focused on and trying to get you and me to preserve that. Jesus said. Jesus said. He laid down his life. So watch this. The devil is saying, do whatever you got to do to keep your life. Jesus says, lay down your life. Because when you lay down your life, you preserve your life. But when you do everything to preserve it and to protect it, you're going to lose it. The real life, because the real life is your soul. So while you're focused on preserving this life that the devil wants you to focus on, you're losing your soul. But Jesus says that if you will submit and give your soul to me, you preserve it. They're saying opposite things. The devil is telling you preserve your life. Jesus said, lay it down for my sake and the gospel's sake. And that's how you save it. Look look what Mark chapter 8 verse 34 says. And when he had called the disciples unto him with when he had called to the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life, the devil. When you're trying your best to preserve your life, you're following the instructions of the devil. Because he was the one that said to the Lord, man will do anything they can to preserve their life. He said that to God. God didn't say that. He said that. Because he was trying to get God to to take away his protection from around Job. He says he will do anything to preserve his life. But God is saying, a man that's living his soul life will lay it down for my gospel and for me. Because that's the man or woman that will preserve their life. So if we continue to seek after keeping our life, preserve our life, you don't have to preserve your life when you put it in the hands of God. The Bible says that my sheep are in my hands and no man can pluck them out. When you put yourself in the hands of God, nobody can take you out of it. Nobody can take you out of the hands of God. So why are you trying to fight to preserve your life? That cunning, deceitful, slimy bugger. That's what he's trying to do to get you to think that you need to preserve. You need to fight for your life. You need to make sure for what? If I put my life in the hands of God, what do I got to fight for it for? The Lord says, I will fight your battles. So why am I trying to fight and try to make my way and do all of this stuff to preserve my life? Because the devil's telling me in my ears, you need to preserve your life, buddy. I don't need to preserve it. I need to put it in the hands of God. I need to submit my life to God and say, here you are, Lord. Here I am. That's what I need to do. That's me giving up all of this stuff that the devil tells me I need to not give up. When we put our hands in the hand of God, put our life in the hands of God, God will protect us. God will keep us. But as long as you're living your life the way the devil wants you to live it, you're going to do everything that you can to preserve it. You're going to do everything that you can to fight to make sure you get what you want. Ain't nobody going to do anything. I'm going to enjoy my life. Go ahead and enjoy it. Go ahead and enjoy it. Moses says, I'm not enjoying that life. I want the real life. I want to live the soul life. I want to live the life that will preserve me for all eternity in the presence of almighty god i want to live that life that my soul will go back to its creator and be in the presence of His. i want to live that life that keep that helps me to maintain my integrity and who i am my identity as a christian man a christian woman that's the life that i want to live because that's the life that live eternally in the presence of god any other life that we're trying to preserve and live it does not live in all eternity it lives eternally away from god Mm-hmm. The devil is trying to convince us to do whatever it takes to save our life and to live however we want to live. And so many of us are doing it. But Jesus says, if you will lose your life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will save your life. I don't have to fight no battles. I don't have to go through hoops and do all of this stuff to save my life. I'm going to save my life by laying it down for the Lord, by living for the Lord. That's how I'm going to save my life. Jesus, we thank you today for your word. We humble ourselves before you today, Lord Jesus. And we ask, oh God, that you will lead us in a way that we need to go, Lord God. We ask, oh mighty God, that you'll uphold us and keep us. We thank you for revealing to us, Lord God the deception of the devil. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for showing us the life that we ought to be living as opposed to the life that the adversary is trying to get us to live. I pray today that the words that were spoken into this atmosphere, in the hearing of your people, will not just, oh God, go in one ear and come out the next. But I pray that the word will reside in our heart and take root and grow and produce good fruit i pray that if somebody is here in the house of the lord today that has never submitted to that soul life by repenting of their sins by being baptized in jesus name by being filled with the gift of the holy ghost i pray if there's somebody in this house today that have not yet entered into that soul life and live it lord god taking on their true identity and going forward in you, I pray that you will help them today to realize that this is their opportunity, that this is their opportunity to live that life that is pleasing, that life that, that, that shows who they truly are, that life of personality and identity. I pray today, Father, that somebody will make a commitment to live for you somebody will surrender to you Lord God their life and let you reign and rule and let you have the preeminence and let you Lord God direct them that they will not allow the adversary the enemy to deceive them to work them over Lord God to dupe them but God that they will stick to you and trust in you father have your way today Jesus Ya lovasiko toromosa baba Ita yalo losiki ande masiko toromo Na mere masiko rosha tayeba Ila masiko robosata laba Somebody's soul is crying out for Jesus Somebody's soul is crying out for Jesus Will you surrender to Him today and say, Lord, here I am. I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you my soul. Will somebody give themselves to Jesus today and surrender all to say, God, have your way in my thoughts. Have your way in my heart. Lead me by your Spirit, Lord. Oh, God, save my soul comfort me and oh god help me to walk by faith and not by sight oh god let your word feed our soul your word is nourishment to our soul oh your word is nourishment unto our soul feed our souls sweet jesus feed our souls sweet jesus oh help us to grow oh god as people of god Jesus, today I pray your will be done. Jesus, have your way. Come on, somebody, lift your hands just one more time before we go. And just surrender to the Lord. Just ask the Lord to have his way in your heart. Ask the Lord to have his way in your mind. Ask the Lord to take control. You surrender. Say, God, I surrender all to you. Not my will, but your will. I surrender all to you, Jesus. Have your way in me, Lord God. I belong to you. My soul belongs to you. And I can't exist, Lord God. Without you, I need you, Lord God. I want you to minister to my soul. I want you to have your way in my soul. I want you to connect to my soul and keep my soul. I want you to minister to my soul, sweet Jesus. I cannot make it without you. I cannot do it without you. I want to live my best life, and that's the soul life. Help us, Almighty God, to live the soul life that pleases you, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. Hallelujah. Because he first loved us. Oh, how we love Jesus. Ah, yes. Oh, hallelujah. Because he first loved me. Because he first loved me. Because he first loved me. Oh, God, bless her, Lord Jesus. Bless her, Lord God. Let your will be done in her life, Lord God. Oh God, let your spirit, Lord Jesus, work in her heart, in her mind, Lord God. Comfort her soul. Bring peace into her soul. Oh God, touch her in a special way that your will be done in her life, almighty God. In the name of Jesus Christ, your soul belongs to Jesus. He loves you. He loves you. He will take care of you. If you just yield to him, he will take care of you. He will nurture you. He will keep you in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Church, trust the Lord with your soul. Don't live the life that is fleeting, that is temporary, that has no value. Your soul is the only valuable thing that you have possession of. Everything else is fleeting, is transient, is escaping you. It won't last forever. Don't worry about it. It's not that serious. It's not that important. Live the life that God has given you, which is the soul that's within you. I love you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. In Jesus' name.
1: You pay the debt I owe. Broke my chains, freed my soul. For the first time I had hope.